Okay, so I thought I was through with this uh, series, uh, See It, Seek It, Speak It, uh, until the Lord told me otherwise uh, in prayer this week. Um, because, you know, when it comes to vision, I think we're getting that. I think that we, we know that we need to see that, that it's God's desire in our heart, and it helps when we write it down. You need to be able to see that so you can run with it. And we talk, talk to you about vision values, where you can seek it out, that there's some steps to take. God wants you to participate in this big dream he has for your life. And he'll even give you some steps to take. So awesome that he does that. And it's important to have those. But I haven't talked to you yet, and this is the reason why the Lord put this one on my heart, because I haven't talked to you yet about the hardest part of all of this. And that's the speaking it. Or should I say not speaking words that are against it or against your faith, against what God wants to do in your life. So the key text for today is found in one, Psalms 141. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Mm, keep watch over the door of my lips. Now tell your other neighbor that you didn't choose a while ago, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. <laughs> the title of the message, you can see it if you have a handout. Take some good notes today. Please take some good notes. The title of this message is Watch Your Mouth. Watch Your Mouth. <laughs> well, as. as Sybil is reading my notes because I'm sure my mama told me that. And being the young boy that I was, I probably said, I can't because I can't see it. And then I, I saw something else <laughs> that I didn't want to see. So shall we pray? Lord, thank you today for what you've already done. I thank you today. I feel your joy here. I feel refreshing. And I thank you for that word. Lord God, let us hold on to that. Let it go in our spirits. Let it become real for us this week. And I thank you for what you have in store. Let this message go in our hearts. Church, would you pray this with me? Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I haven't given you a Boudreaux joke lately, so I have to throw one in. With Valentine's Day coming up, guys, don't forget, they are selling roses. It's not too late, chocolate-covered strawberries and the like. But Marie told Boudreaux on Valentine's Day, she said, Boudreaux, I'm not going to leave you. You never speak sweet to me. Boudreaux said, Marie, when I look at you, the word sensuous comes to mind. Marie said, oh, Boudreaux, that's more like it. Boudreaux said, yeah, since you was up, fix me something to eat. <laughs> and old Boudreaux tasted from the skillet, but it didn't have any food in it. <laughs> Your words contain great power. Great power. And the psalmist knew that, the reason... He prayed that the Lord would help him guard his mouth. Keep a 
watch. And, and he used the phrase, the door of my lips. That's an interesting word to use. We know, know the door is access and the mouth is the way we access food to our body. But it's also, it, it accesses another very important thing and that's our words. It lets our words out of our mouth. So powerful. And that's the reason he said, Lord, help me. Wow, I need your help with this. And can I help us all out today? We all need help with this. <laughs> Look at what Proverbs says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge in it will eat its fruit. I like to say it this way. What you say will come back your way. So those who love it will indulge in it. Its fruit will indulge and eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Now, young people, I'm so glad you are here this morning and sitting up front. If you'll learn this lesson early on, it's going to save you from a lot of trouble. Especially when you get married. How many of y'all fixed to get married? Would you raise your hand on the front row? Y'all fin you finna get married? You are too? Wow, does your mom and dad know about that? Yeah. <laughs> you got to get this. Take some good notes. And, and for you two ladies, any boy that you ever talk to, you got a long time before you even talk to them. But make sure they know about this. So your words, look at this. Your words can be life-giving or life-taking. Give life or you can take life with simply your words. We can speak it. We can speak life. We can speak death, the proverb teaches us. And it says, and those who love it will... Uh, will eat its fruit. Again, that's an interesting word that sort of sticks out to me. And, and this is the thought. For there to be fruit, there has to be a root. In other words, before a tree produces fruit, me and Patty have an, uh, a peach tree. We had a peach tree. It died. We messed up the root. We have, an, uh, we have a blueberry bush that had about three blueberries. We're not doing too good with that kind of fruit. But I can promise you this. There is some fruit from our words. And it's so important that for you to have fruit, you have to have a root. Only mature, mature trees and plants produce fruit. So that tree has to grow up. And it has to, for it to grow up, it has to have a root. Now this is what we really need to think about because... The words you speak are not only like fruit, but they are like a root. A root cannot be seen with the naked eye, but you know when it's there. We know with the peach tree, the root didn't take. We don't know what we did wrong. It didn't grow. We don't have fruit. The problem is in the root. And I'm telling you, there is a root that you cannot see maybe in your own life, but you will know it's there because of the fruit it produces. So many people are producing bad fruit today because 
there was a root, a bad root planted in their life by words. Bad root equals bad fruit. The good news is a good root equals good fruit. Amen? Young people, I remember at eight years old, someone stood me before a church and said, the word of the Lord for this young boy is that one day he would be a teacher. And I thought to myself, hmm, she missed it. I don't even like school. <laughs> but I felt a sense of destiny come on my life. That's the reason why I wanted to speak some good things to you just a moment ago. I felt something uh, uh, like a mantle. I didn't know what it would look like. I just knew God wanted to use me in some way. And that can be said about every one of you. God wants to use you. Every adult, God wants to use you in major ways. And at eight years old, that word stuck to me. And I thought, okay, well, if it's God, it'll come about. I didn't know. I, I knew I didn't want to be a teacher. But I was thinking public school, right? But I had a sense of destiny in my life. And all of these years later, really about 20 years ago, I began to teach God's word. I'm telling you, there is power in your words. And isn't it interesting, interesting that, that to define a word, you have to look for the root word? You have to go to the root Word. And can I tell you, to define your marriage, you just got to look at some root words. To define your life, just look at some root words. There may be some bad root words spoken over you that you've allowed to grow and it's producing bad fruit. Not your fault at all. You just took it, you received it, and all of this time later, you're still bearing the fruit over something negative that was said over you. The flip side, let's think about this. How could our relationships change? How could our marriages change if we spoke the right root words to our spouses? Instead of, you're so stupid, you can't do nothing right. Why does it always got to be this way? Somebody said, I didn't know you had a mic at my house this morning. Listening? Yes, yeah, Siri heard. Siri knows. She let me know. <laughs> what could change, though? What could change if we just started speaking the right root words? Very careful with our words. Start paying attention. Now, I'm giving the Holy Spirit credit. I've shared this before, and I'm not trying to say I'm all that because the Holy Spirit got to help a homeboy out right here. And if anything good comes out of my mouth, and anything good comes from me, it's because of his work. I know that full well. But a long time ago, I noticed that Patty was nervous when I drove. Now, I'm a very good driver. I really am. And, but she was nervous. And when she thought I didn't see something, or even if she thought I was looking at it, she would say, watch out, that car. And this is where the Lord helped me out because my, my, the way I grew up, my dad told my mom, why don't you shut your mouth? I see that. And you can imagine how intimate they were in their relationship. And um, so, but the Lord helped me out. I knew that I couldn't say that. 
And then the Lord gave me the perspective to go along with that. That what if I didn't see that car? What if I was distracted? Would it have been ridiculous for me to say something stupid back to her and then have a wreck or eventually, you know? So the Lord helped me out that anytime she says something like that, I don't take it personal that she's trying to tell me how to drive. I know we are a team, and we talk about we're a good team. So as part of my team, she's got the best interest in mind for her and me, so I take it as help, and I say thank you for helping me because it's possible I didn't see him, but I did. But it's possible I didn't. <laughs> now, I just made somebody's whole Valentine Day. God, you, if you start doing this, you don't even have to buy the roses. I mean, she's going to be so overwhelmed. But again, I don't take credit for that. That was the Lord. That was the Lord moving in my life. <laughs> Your words are like roots and will grow and produce fruit. So important for us to speak God's words. It's so important for us to speak dream big statements, vision statements over our life. It's so important for them to come out of our mouth, to speak them. It's not enough just to see it and seek it out. I, I want us to have a year where we just start speaking God's destiny over our life, over our relationships, over our jobs. I have on my phone when I pull up my checking account. How many of you hate to look at your checking account sometimes? Especially when you write the bills out, right? And I have face recognition on my phone, and I, I, started, I started smiling when it pulls up my checking account. Because I saw, I, I, I sensed that when I was looking at my checking account, it was, so now I smile with my face recognition. Now I'm going to put words with it. Oh, you got more than you need. <laughs> you can't spend all this money. There's so much money in there. <laughs> so you may say, well, Pastor, I know the importance of speaking the right words, but the wrong words just keep coming out. Would you raise your hand and let the Lord love on you? And can I tell you, that's every one of us in this room. So let me talk to you just briefly about where the words come from, Okay. Where do words come from? I came up with five places words come from. And if you're a redneck, you probably got a few more. <laughs> Some of us, when we used to cuss a lot, used to cuss a lot, we created words, didn't you? <laughs> but here we go. Here's where words come from. The first one is this, hearing. Right? That's, that's a gimme, right? That if you didn't hear it, you wouldn't be able to speak it. People who have difficulty in hearing have a hard time forming words. They've never heard the words. And some of us have heard some words, again, spoken over us, that we should not have heard. They should have never been formed in your life. And by the help of the Holy Spirit today, he is going to uproot every negative word that's been spoken over you. If you will ask him to, he will root it out of your life and allow good things to be planted in your heart. Some right root words, but man, hearing. Be careful what you hear. Somebody told me a long time ago, 
about a business person. And please, after the church service, don't ask me who it is. But there's a business person. They said something negative about very, very bad. And, uh, you know, be very careful what you receive as truth, okay? Don't, don't believe everything that you... Don't, don't, uh, don't. And, uh, but anyway, I heard it. There's nothing I could do with it. I just, you know, I chose not to believe it. But every time that commercial comes on, I'll look at him and that negative thing that was said about him that could be true or could not, I think about. Isn't it amazing it's so easy to think of the negative? Please don't be that kind of person where if, when you hear something good, you don't pay attention to it. But if it's something bad whispered across the room, you lend an ear to it. What would you say? What would you say? Please don't be that person. But that is a tendency of flesh, right? That we love to hear something negative. Maybe it makes us feel better about our situation. I don't know. Hearing. Oh, this get quiet in this Presbyterian church. Nah. Okay, here's another one. What about this? Habits? Man, many of our words come from things that we say out of habit. How many of you say this? I'm trying to get a cold. Have you ever thought about that, how stupid that is? You really want a cold? You're just working at it? I'm just shaking hands and doing all. I mean, I'm trying to get a cold. You can have mine. I, I say this, I heard a phrase my mom used to say, and she's, she was sassy, but she said this phrase a lot. There's too much sugar for a dime. Some of y'all have heard me say it's too much sugar for a dime. I still don't know what it means. I mean, how can you have too much sugar? If it's a dime, give me all you got. I mean, I say it because it's a habit. And some of these things are not bad, but what about some of the things that are bad that we habitually say? And I'm going to give you one. You're going to identify with it. Well, if it weren't for bad luck, ain't that a country song? Oh, is he all? But. When it rains, when something good happens, something bad's going to happen too. And these are things that you should not say. You say, Pastor, but these are just words that I say. Words have power of life and death. And wouldn't it have been a whole lot better if you say some good intentional words? Let me give you a couple of more here. Oh, this is a big one. Hard times. What do I mean by that? Don't we love to talk about our hard times? I mean, we love to talk about what hurt us, what is hurting us. I think the older I get, the more my peers talk about their medicines and their ailments. And I sometimes join right along with them. This is, that's sort of sad. Hard times, man. And we just talk about it. And I think sometimes... Talking about it gives us a reason to be where we are. If we can keep the hurt alive, it keeps us from forming new relationships. Mm, that's good preaching, brother. Preach it. If, if we keep pulling the scab off, it gives us a reason not to walk in the healing that God has for us and to love other people. Man, don't we love talking about who hurt us? 
And when we talk about it, it brings it all back up again. The hurt becomes fresh again. And you say, have you ever talked to somebody and said, well, but I forgive them, though. But they sure did me wrong. Man, they backstabbed me. I, I forgive them. You really forgive them? All right, you're going to like this one. Number four, words come straight from hell. Have you ever noticed nobody ever uses the devil's name in vain? Oh, that was deep, wasn't it? Thank you, Mom. You got it. Somebody, don't think of that word. Anytime, anytime, don't get me laughing. Anytime you speak negative about yourself, you're speaking words from hell. Satan will fill your mind with negative things, especially about yourself and about situations that God is working in. And if he fills your mind with that, he knows he can fill your mouth with his words. And when you speak those words, you're pleasing him. Those words come from hell. Well, where's the scripture on that one, Pastor? Let me give it to you. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. And when we just let our tongue go and, man, just speak whatever we feel like speaking, we could be speaking words that Satan gave us. That went over real well. Here's the main one. And the Bible says a lot about it. Words come from your heart. Your heart. Jesus said himself, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Man, your mouth will tell on your heart every time. It really will. If it's there, it will come out through your mouth. Jesus said it. There's a direct connection between our heart and our words. And if you want to know what's in someone's heart, just listen to their words. And if you want to know what's in your heart, just listen to your words. Now, I'm talking about real words. I'm not talking about Sunday morning words. I'm talking about unedited words when the preacher ain't around. Those words. Your mouth will tell on you every time. So now that we know where our words come from, so how? How can we choose the right words? You can say amen. That's the right word. Amen. Everybody afraid to say anything. I can't say nothing. My mama said if you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. If that be the case, some of us would be thought to be mute, huh? <laughs> three ways to speak the right words. Let me help us out today. Let me help me out today, too. Three ways to speak the right words. The first one comes from that last place that words come from. You have to keep your heart right. You have to keep your heart right. If we watch our words carefully, if we want to do that, we must carefully, carefully watch what we allow in our heart. It's going to come out. We just have to be careful what we let in. This is what the psalmist says. 
may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That meditation of the heart, that is your secret thoughts, your secret desires, those things that you ponder on. And the psalmist says, make sure those things are pleasing to God. And if you do that, your words are going to be pleasing also. You're going to talk about what you love. Your words follow your heart. Your heart follows your treasure. If you love football, you're going to talk about, you're going to know the stats, you're going to know the teams, you're going to know things that really don't matter. <laughs> How many of you are football lovers in here? You're that kind of person. You know the stats, man. I don't even know the names of the teams. That's okay. Chiefs, all right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. What about shopping? Can I help us ladies out? If you like shopping, you're going to talk about shopping. You're going to know where the deal is. You're going to know how to get the coupon for that. You'll share about what you bought, when you bought it, and how much you paid for it. Patty likes shopping, and me and her, I, I don't mind shopping either. And we have this bad habit. We tell people how cheap we got something. I say, quit saying that. Quit saying you got that for $2. That could be $30. Talk about it. You talk about what's in your heart. And it's okay. It's okay to have those things. But you have to make sure that Jesus is your main treasure. He has to be your main focus. As I taught you last week, he has to be the center of your life. And when he's the center of your life, that means you've got him in your heart. Your affection is on him. And your words will show it. They will. We don't have to worry about being a witness when we're in love for Jesus. It's just going to come out. You talk about what you love. And when you are loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the greatest commandment, those things are just going to come out of your mouth. You're going to verbalize it. Jesus told us that if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. But if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the angels of God. So we just have to make sure that our heart treasures Jesus and all the other stuff is just landing up. That's just a little extra. It's okay for that to come out. I mean, I like cars. I, I want a 77 Trans Am Bandit Edition. I just think I'd be cool in that. I'm cool without it, but I think I'd be cool with it. <laughs> I'm joking. I wouldn't mind having one. That's not my heart. I mean, it's okay. Jesus is my heart. And those kind of things come out when he's in your heart. The scripture says there your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then the psalmist said this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. You notice the heart comes first, and then the other becomes easier to do. So you have to keep your heart right. Now, now let's really bring it on home on this one. We're going to get our heart right. I think many of us have done that today, but let's bring it home. You ready? Think before you speak. Whoo, let's circle this one. Let's write it 
big bold letters. There's a couple of different applications I want to talk to us about. First of all, words to others. You better think before you speak. Because even with the right heart, you still got to do this one. The reason why is this, because sometimes it can start off right in your heart, those words. But before they come across your lips, they take a detour to stupid town. And then when they come out of your mouth, they got a lot of stupid friends with them. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Come on, guys. Don't leave me hanging up here. How many times have you had to say, I didn't mean the way that came out? <laughs> so what do you do? You got to slow the word train down. For us that are my age, conjunction, function. What's your function? Conjunction? <laughs> What's your function? You got to unhook some of them words. So here it is, uh, and, the, and, the, and the scripture gives us some good instructions on this. And I like it because it says, my brothers and sisters, uh-huh, word to the sisters too. Take note of this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now what I have determined that if I can get the first two down, the last one ain't a problem. If I can be quick to listen, slow to speak, it's not quite as easy to become angry. Somebody don't believe that. You got to think before you speak. So two questions I want to give you to think about. This is application words to others, the first one. And two questions really to think about. First one is this. Are these words life-giving? Are these words life-giving? Are they encouraging? Are they going to produce something that you want them to produce? Something good? And please, please, let's don't play the truth card. Well, I'm going to tell them the truth. The Bible says the truth set them free. Yeah, but it might not set you free. Y'all okay? Y'all laughing? Y'all okay? It's funny stuff. You know? We could take medicine with sugar. Spoonful of medicine, make spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. <laughs> Never liked that movie. Are these words life-giving? Life-giving words. And you know, if you've heard this say, said before, it's not actually what you say as much as how you say it. Mm, so, ooh! <laughs> Ain't going to touch that. Somebody would testify. Are these words life-giving? And, and let's take that a little bit further. Are these words love-showing? Love-showing. It may be some tough situations. Sometimes we've got to have the tough conversations. But can the person that you're having to give the words to, can they see that you're saying it out of love? Because you love them so much. Man, I'm telling you, raising children is very difficult. Me and Patty just had one. I can't imagine you guys that have three and four. I just don't know what you do. And um, 
But I do know this, that discipline is love. And it's not just telling them what they did wrong. It is why you're loving them so much that you're going to discipline them for it. So, young folks, every time your folks discipline you, they love you. And that's the truth. They love you. They do it because they love you. So sometimes the tough conversation has to be had. But make sure that it comes across from love. Now, let me give you this one. Uh, second application, words about yourself. Now, some of us don't have a problem with this, probably more so in the prideful sense, but some of us really struggle in this area. And a couple of things to think about. It's the same question as, as the first one. Are these words life-giving? Are these words life-giving that I'm speaking about myself? Do you realize when you talk negative about yourself, you're talking against God's masterpiece, his work? You're talking against what God has blessed. When you say something negative about yourself, you're not just talking about yourself, you're talking about God's work. So are these words life-giving that I'm speaking about myself? Oh, I'm just so stupid. No, you're not. Quit saying that. And then the second question that you have to think about, are these words faith-filled? It's okay to say, yeah, I sort of messed that one up, but God is helping me, and I'm going to get it right next time. I'm not talking about going around and denying everything that's evident. I think sometimes we need to say, yeah, I, I really messed that up. I'm sorry, but I'm going to do better next time. Would you stand with me? I'll give you number three. Number three is this. Say what God says. Oh, you can't go wrong saying what God says about you. I, I started to uh, come up just a moment ago and, and uh, when they were singing that song. Drew, I didn't tell you the message today. I didn't tell you. You didn't, see, you didn't see the notes beforehand, right? And that last song that you all sang right before this message, I am what he says I am. I am chosen. I'm forgiven. I am what he says I am. And isn't it amazing that God will drive a point home to us? You cannot go wrong by saying who God says you are. I want to give you just three, three root words, three root words real quickly. And if you can write these down, I'm not, I don't think they're in your notes. But in Christ, with Christ, and through Christ. In Christ, with Christ, and through Christ. That should be the root words that you speak over your life. Those, should, those scriptures, there are many scriptures. If you'll do a Google search on scriptures that say in Christ, scriptures that say with Christ, scriptures that say through Christ, you'll get a whole list of scriptures. And guess what? If you are with Christ, in, uh, if, you, if Christ is in your life, every one of those words address you. You can put your name in that scripture. 
So if you have your pen out, let me just give you three, okay? Three scriptures. You can write the reference down. Ephesians 1.3. Ephesians 1.3 says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So I will be correct and even scripturally correct to say, praise be to the Lord and Father, uh, the, the, the God and Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed me in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's what the Bible says about me because I am in Christ. I am blessed with heaven's best. Well, that just sounds haughty and profitable. No, it's just the truth. You are blessed when you're in Christ. Not about you. You can't be good enough. You can't earn those blessings. They just come when you're in Christ. Man, you can just say it. I am blessed. Wouldn't that be a whole lot better if you start saying that? That I'm blessed in Christ. I am blessed with heaven's best. Now, here's another one. Romans 8, 17. Romans 8, 17 says this. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. So, again, I am correct and even scripturally correct to say that I am a child and an heir heir of God, a child of God and an heir, heir of God and a co-heir with Christ. I am. And if you've got Christ, you are. That man, what Christ has, I have. Man, I, I have that. I have the rights to him. I have the rights to what he has. Now, look, it looks different by the time it gets to you. I get that. But you sure can claim it as yours. And one day when we get to heaven, there will be no hindrances to it. Amen? Let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. Because sometimes God blesses us and we mess it up before the blessing comes. We speak against it. We do things contrary. We become disobedient. And God can't bless disobedience. But I'm telling you, when you're in Christ and you're just walking step to step in step with him, what God has, you have. Or, or what Christ has, you have. And let me give you the last one. And it's through Christ. Philippians 4.13, and I think all of us know this one, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can we say it together? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, brother, I can do all things, but I can't get my mouth right. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. You can do it in Christ. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I know in a room this size, there's some people that will say, brother, I just can't quit cursing. I just, it comes out of my mouth, I hit my finger, and it's just going to fly out. Can I tell you, yes, you can. I'm telling you, when God took that away from me, he took my mouth. He took control of my mouth. And if I have any anger that comes out of my, I'm not perfect. Please understand, I lose it sometimes. I just direct it at the devil. I say, devil, if I hit my finger, I blame the devil for it. Yeah, it was my own fault. I didn't move my finger out of the way. But it ain't no fun blaming me. I already knew I should have moved my finger. I'm just going to blame the devil. And if he didn't cause that, he caused a bunch of other stuff that I don't even know about, right? And I say, devil, one of these days. There's going to be an angel. An angel, we don't even know his name. 
He's going to drag you to the pits of hell. It just feels good to get rid of that. I hate you, devil. I told him a while back, I said, look, you hate me and I hate you. God wants to help you not to speak against his blessings, not to speak against his work. He wants to help you to speak life-giving words. In your relationship in your, with your spouse, with your children, he wants you to speak. Yes, yeah, sometimes there is the tough conversation, but again, it's in love. He wants to help you to be a life giver with your words. Will you bow your head just for a moment? Thank you, God. Thank you for your presence today. Thank you, Lord. You know this is a difficult one for all of us, but you want to help us. You really do. Holy Spirit, you want to help us. Thank you for that. You are working, I believe. You're, you're helping us this, uh, today. You're going to help us this week. Maybe some of us need to apologize. It didn't come out the way we meant it to. Maybe some of us have spoken some things in anger. And we have to go back and with our heart ask for forgiveness. God, I pray there would be healing in some relationships. Healing in some marriages. Would you look at me just for a moment before I say this prayer? This, I just thought about this. My dad got saved before he passed away. I'm so thankful. When he was married to my, my mom, he was verbally abusive. I mean, in his temper, he would say things. And the very few times as a child, I remember him telling my mom that I love you. Tears would instantly come because she never heard it. And again, not to place blame on my dad, okay? He got saved, God forgave him. But I cannot help what my mom would have become. She was a godly lady. I cannot help but what my mom would have become if he spoke encouraging words to her. It's amazing the mother she was anyway. How great could their marriage have been how great could my mom's accomplishments have been if he laid down his pride and gave God his anger problems and he spoke encouraging, loving words. And it made it, sure, it hurt my mom, but it made it tough on him too. Now, that, I believe that story just came in my mind for someone. And husband, not to condemn you, God is loving on you. If that's you, he wants to help you to, sp to start speaking loving, encouraging words to your spouse. You'll be amazed how great it will be for you and the fruit that will, that will be evident in your relationship and in your children. Would you bow your head just a moment? God, ever who that's for, I pray you would help them. I pray you would give them those words to their children. Maybe some are speaking wrong to their children. God, help them speak those life-encouraging words. Help us all. Now, I want to say a prayer that that negative root word that's been spoken over you, I'm going to pray that God uproots that by his Holy Spirit. No longer, in other words, will you receive it. No longer will you be a bearer of its fruit. If there has been negative words spoken over you, 
Nobody looking at this moment, please. Would you just raise your hand? There's been negative. I want you to hold them up high. There's no shame on you. It's not your fault. It was those people that spoke words from hell over your life. No longer will they have fruit in your life again in the name of Jesus. Now I want you to ask the Lord to uproot that word, those words, and take away any fruit from that in the name of Jesus. Father, now over these children, over these adults, I uproot those words. We uproot those words you do by your Holy Spirit, and no longer will they produce bad fruit in their lives. Thank you for that, God. I believe you're doing that, God, and you're going to put good root words in their life that they speak encouragement and they have good fruit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's give God praise for that. <clears throat> and there's one other prayer. We always close with this prayer. Uh, if the uh, prayer team would go ahead and come up front, and I'll give you some more instruction on that in just a moment. But we always close with a commitment prayer that if there is sin in your life or you have never accepted Christ in your life, I would love to extend this time to be a partner with God. His spirit is already speaking to your heart, I believe, and be uh, just a, a vehicle that God would use to lead you into a salvation prayer, a commitment prayer. If you would bow your head with me the way we do it here, we pray it all together. If you're watching online, uh, you can pray it right where you are. God is with you right where you are. And if you want to make a fresh commitment to God, man, you want to commit your life back to God, you know there's a distance between you and God. Or maybe you've never asked Christ in your life. Your life is fixing to change. It's going to be amazing. So let's pray it together, church. And, and if this is your prayer, mean it from your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you in Jesus' name.